This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Before we head into our next segment, I want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com. You can find a lot of great content there. Listen to programming from your own local area. Find a podcast. If you missed one of the daily shows, I know this one will be a hot commodity for people to download. <laughs> uh, you can submit a prayer intention there and also see the latest uh, of the announcements uh, that, are, that are coming uh, um, through the area. And so uh, be sure and check it out. Again, that website is realpresenceradio.com. I'm <clears throat> are ready. Are we ready? We're going to go four Dan's now. It's the quadrant. The quadrant. Quad. <laughs> Wait, quadrant, quadrant, quad, Dan to the fourth power. Dan to the fourth power. We have uh, Father Daniel Weiske. I'm Deacon Dan, just Deacon Dan Goshi. Mm-hmm. The most Mister Daniel Hammer is staying on with us just for a little bit longer, and we have uh, uh, Dan O'Reilly, who is uh, going to talk about his journey uh, in diaconate formation. You're heading into heading into year three of actual formation. Yes, year three of the formation. Okay, well, good. So we've got four Dans. I don't know if in the history of radio. Not just real presence, but radio. You understand? Marconi and stuff. I don't know if this has ever been done. Mm. If it has, we're going to get a fifth one in here next time. <laughs> Which reminds me of a fun fact since oh, we're on uh, Real Presence Radio. With Father Daniel. Marconian. You mentioned Marconian. What mm. does that mean? Marconium? Marconian. You said oh, Marconian. Marconian. Guglielmo was his name? Marconi? The inventor of radio? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where was the first radio signal? Was it Rome? I believe it was. I believe many of us have seen it with our own eyes. Uh huh. I believe it was in the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then when it came to America, we added cheese and called it macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Or but Guglielmo, or whatever his first name was, Marconi. <laughs> Marconi and cheese. I believe that the first radio signal was actually, and it's still there in one of the towers. Yeah. The, um, yeah. At the Vatican. I believe you're so, right. Well done, an interesting Father thinking of uh, at the forefront of technology to spread the faith. Um. Here we are. But now we have actually our circle. technology expert in this parish. Thanks be to God. That's one of the, um, one of the many gifts that our guest has to offer. Yeah, we're going to speak to somebody who has helped us uh, get on the air a couple of times here in the last That's few true. months, too. That's true. So. <clears throat> Mr. Dan good. O'Reilly. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. Good to I'm have good you to here. here. I'm happy to be here. Are you really? <laughs> we'll change Great. that. <laughs> Don't get too comfortable. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to choose a passage for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, no, trial no, no. by trial Here, by Here's fire. the passage. Good. The passage. Yes, it's exactly trial by fire. So, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I that I can talk about. Oh, good. Yes. Good. Uh, um, well, my wife Teresa and I have eight children, mm-hmm. eight living children. Um, we've been married for 25 years. As you mentioned, I do IT uh, for American National Bank. Mm-hmm. We, um, my wife homeschools all of our children. We both grew up here in the Brainerd area. We've been members of St. Andrew's Church um, for quite a while. I grew up in St. Andrew's yep. Church. Yep. Uh, Teresa grew up across town at St. Francis Church, so we've bounced back and forth, but we've landed here <laughs> uh, lately. Which one's better? <laughs> well, where is he now? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So the one where Jesus little, is. The one where Jesus yes. is. That's the yes. best one. Where's yeah. the Eucharist? Okay. Where's the Eucharist? So can you tell us how you're first drawn to the permanent diaconate? Well, yes, that's a tricky question. Mm. Uh, for, for me, it really, you, you guys were talking about, I call you each by name uh, in Isaiah. And for me, I guess the draw to the permanent diaconate was kind of, it's been this long, slow pull on my heart. Um, 
it wasn't something that I'd ever considered for myself. It wasn't a decision that I would have made to really enter the permanent diaconate. Uh, it really goes back probably seven or eight years, uh, growing in my faith, uh, kind of entering into these programs that I hadn't done before. Uh, you know, I, let me take it back. <laughs> sure, do it, do it. Um, we uh, seven or eight years ago, I was kind of I was kind of lost uh, as a Catholic man. There, I really honestly f- was reaching a dark place in my life where I just felt like I was the only Catholic man in America. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like there, you know, you go to work, you go to these places, and everybody's living such a dark play, dark life. They want to go hang out at the bar. They want to go. You know, do these things, and, t- and I was like, "Is that what it is to be a man? Is that really what it is to be a man?" And I remember sitting in the back of St. Andrew's Church here, uh, praying with my family, and just thinking to myself, "We really need something. We need something for Catholic men in this parish. We need to have something." And Deacon Mike Kaykliger got up at the end of Mass that day and said, "We're starting a new program. It's called That Man Is You." <laughs> I thought, "Thank you, Jesus. Here, an answer to an, an instant answer to a prayer." Uh, so we got. Uh, I got involved with that program, and I would re- be uh, punished by Tony Cassetta if I didn't say we still meet every Friday morning, 6 a.m., uh, under the name Fellowship Men in Prayer. Uh, we're on Zoom now, so you can participate from anywhere in the state and country. How long ago um, was that that, that, that that you started that, in That Man Is You? That? Did you say about, did you say about eight years? Is that what he? Yeah, it was probably not quite that long. That Maybe we, seven. Yeah, seven it was years. After I was here as an associate. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, probably seven years. Uh, and even that was kind of a slow process to me, but that was kind of what was drawing me to grow my faith. Uh, at the same time, we were uh, having, uh, we'd started to have the Latin Mass once a month here, and I got more involved with that. And that really just caused me to start actually like opening a book and reading about the Mass, and I fell in love. I just fell in love, and for the first time, I really saw Jesus Christ in the Mass. I really started paying attention at Mass. Uh, and learning to pray the Mass. And that, I mean, and whether it was the traditional Latin Mass or the New Order of the Mass, it didn't matter to me. All of a sudden, I entered into it and just saw really Jesus Christ for the first time at Mass, uh, even though He's present to us. And I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't, still can't stop talking about it. I tell everybody, do you know why the priest wiggled his right finger? No. <laughs> <laughs> This means it. I mean, everything had a meaning, and it was just really opened up for me, uh, my life. So when I'd go to these That Man Is You programs, I would talk about it and share about it. And um, At the same time, uh, we were going through other struggles uh, in life with um, family members who'd kind of come down with cancer and uh, who have subs- subsequently died. And, you know, going through that process with them, being there and praying with them, I started to have people kind of come up and ask, do you want, have you ever thought about being a deacon? I said, no. (laughs) (laughs) Nope, I haven't thought about that. And then uh, Teresa and I would talk maybe a little bit at night, and, well, do you think that's ever something we could do? And at the time, you know, kids were young, and Mm -hmm. we're like, I don't see how that could ever happen. You know, we had friends who were going through the process, and it's, you know, a weekend a month, and that could never, would never work out for us. And, um, finally, it was Deacon Roger Marks, uh, several years into That Man Is You. He finally, uh, after one of the meetings, he came up to me and he said, Dan, have you ever thought of going through the permanent diaconate program? 
And that was the first time that I ever said yes to somebody. You know, I'd been Mm -hmm. asked several times. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I ever said, yeah, you know, maybe that's something I would think about. And it wasn't a week later, he sent me an email. He said, look, there's these inquiry sessions coming up. There's five of them. He said, you you can uh, talk to your pastor if you feel like going to one. So I talked to Father Weiske and said, you think maybe I could go to these inquiry sessions? And my wife, he said, sure. And so Teresa and I went to the inquiry sessions, uh, thinking it was like, you know, maybe more like a question and answer thing. Well, it ended up being a whole year of inquiry uh, <laughs> sessions. <laughs> but um, we, we started on that path, and um, I guess uh, it, it, it's, for me, it's never been, I want to go become a deacon. Mm-hmm. For me, it's been this draw to this path and say, you know, I know God is pulling me. He wants me to walk this road um, as far as it leads. And I see two things here. One is the, the personal vocation. I have called you by name. You're trying to follow Jesus Christ himself. It's not, no, here's a goal you know, on a sheet or here's a position <laughs> I want, but I want to follow Jesus Christ, follow the Lord um, in his path. But the other thing I'd like to hear more about because in the last hour we're talking some things again about shared life, about example of other people or fraternity. Um, uh, so the That Man Is You program, I, I actually didn't even, I mean, we know each other pretty well, but I didn't know that was such a huge factor at that point in your life. Um, there was something there. What would you say about the, the, the men's group, so to speak, that, that was so vital? You know, I, I th- we can't go through life alone. Um, and I think it's important to have peers around you um, that share in your struggles, that you can share your struggles with, that know what you're going through. Um, particularly for a Catholic man uh, in society. Our society um, kind of doesn't uphold manhood. It doesn't uphold um, family. It doesn't uphold uh, you know, those things that we value so much. And like I said, I, I felt lost. I felt alone. And to be able to come into a group of men, um, to come into a group of men and say, you know what, this guy is going through, he's struggling the same way I am. He's, he's frustrated too. He doesn't want to go, you know, hang out at the bar with the guys after work. He doesn't want to, he wants to go home to his family. He wants to play with his kids. He wants to do these things. So it's just, it's so important to have, you know, peers around you uh, that can strengthen you and that know your struggles. Uh, that you can share um, share with. It almost sounds like, you know, we're often meant to feel like ashamed of the gospel, even when it's not explicitly, oh, I'm praying or I'm talking about Jesus Christ. It's even doing things that are good and natural, so to speak. I want to go home and play with my kids. I want to do things with my family. Oh, well, that's, that's just silly. What kind of man are you? Right. That, almost a way of being ashamed of the gospel. Uh, but, you know, finding the courage, finding the tenacity to say, no, I... I am a man of God. I'm a Catholic man. Um, and finding the support to, to pursue that path. Um, I heard something once. I wish I could tell you the source. But when you're a person with a, uh, we'll say, an unpopular position, you know, if you're a single person, you know, some, you know, some huge percent of the, of the time, people eventually just break down. They just abandon the position because it's such a dissonance. It's such a tension that, you know, most people just snap. But if you have only one more person that shares your perspective, that supports you, uh, you know, a majority of the time you can stick with it. Um, 
because you need that support. You need the support. We are weak creatures, and we're created to. You talked about Daniel Hammer um, being called as a people. It's like we're called to have brothers or sisters in um, many cases. But here we are with our listeners, brothers and sisters, and mm-hmm. we are to tell them that there is an important message coming up. There is an important message, and we'll be right back with uh, with uh, Dan O'Reilly and Daniel Hammer and Father Daniel Weiske, and I'm Deacon Dan Goshi, broadcasting from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Are you excited about what Real Presence Radio is doing with media in the new evangelization and have experience or education in communications or media? Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for the full-time position of Director of Programming. Be a part of this faith-filled effort to draw souls to Christ through radio and digital media. For a full job description or to apply, please email Brittany at realpresenceradio.com or call 877-795-0122. Do you know that your prayers today can still aid in the salvation of someone who died years ago? I'm Father Chris Alar. God is outside of time, and since he is all-knowing and all-powerful, he knows every prayer you will ever make and has the power to apply those graces to any point in time, past, present, or future. So if you have lost anyone, especially to suicide, and think that they are eternally lost, you can still help them. God can take your prayers from today and give someone grace at the time of their judgment because he forever knew that you would make that prayer and he wants you to help them accept his offer of salvation. So there is still hope. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. All right, we are back broadcasting live from St. Andrew's Church in Brainerd, Minnesota. Deacon Dan Goshi here. Father Daniel Weiske uh, is our co-host. We've got uh, a... uh, Candidate for for the diaconate in formation, uh, Dan O'Reilly is with us, and the most Mister Daniel Hammer, a seminarian, one year away from uh, ordination to the uh, just transitional deacon. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Mere. The mere, a mere, the mere transitional <laughs> deacon. Uh, but you had a question for um, uh, Dan Hammer in. Uh, I'm sorry, in uh, uh, Dan O'Reilly in in uh, diaconal formation. Yeah, well, I, I just wanted to say, too, Dan, is that, one, thanks for coming on and sharing about your experience and how the Lord's been impacting your life and how you desire to follow him more closely and desire to follow him to 
please God, the diaconate as well that he's calling you to. One thing when you're talking about the fellowship or friendship and that desire, when Deacon Mike Keckler got up and started speaking about that man as you, and then the other aspect of just desiring to know more about the Mass. But that first one of just that friendship in general, one of the analogies that I like to use is uh, charcoal pieces. So if you light a piece of charcoal, whether it's for incense or whether it's going to go make a steak out on the grill or something, you light one piece, that charcoal will go out so quickly because there aren't other pieces of charcoal around it. But when you start getting more charcoal in the same area that are lit, they keep each other hot. And so in a very similar way with our friendships, whether it's with other Catholics, like whoever it is, Catholic men all striving to live a life of virtue rooted in Christ as they whatever it means to be a father, you know, raising kids and um, what that entails. When you have others to share your struggles and joys, you all kind of, we stay hot together, so to speak, and right. we can continue marching on that way. You mentioned that the, the charcoal, and that's an analogy I always like to use um, when we're talking about the faith and the importance of having faith in your home, um, that the 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 ember of the faith uh, in times of persecution uh, and the church has been persecuted for 2,000 years and it doesn't show any signs of stopping. But in times of persecution, uh, when the church is, is kind of forced to be subdued or even right now during a pandemic where we can't come to the sacraments in the level that we're used to being able to have them, the, the ember of the faith uh, is brought into the home and that's where it's sustained that in, in our houses. Um, and in our homes, and that's why it's so important to have these groups um, where, where fathers, mothers, uh, daughters, sons can come together and keep that ember and keep that desire to keep it going in your house because, uh, like you said, it, when, when the persecution ends, when the pandemic ends, uh, now we, we bring that ember back out into the air and we blow it back into flame and it, it lights the whole world. Amen. That That's a beautiful part of it is it isn't just these, these charcoals, these embers that are lit and on fire and working together, but you add new ones to it and what happens? They are ignited and, and, uh, and it grows. So, And and the theme of community and, and, bro and brotherhood and fraternity has, has been on our discussions, I think, with just about everybody we've talked to so far this morning in some, in some fashion. <clears throat> and I... It reminds me of, uh, I, I'm only a few years out of formation. Uh, it'll be three years this, this November that, that I've been a deacon. And formation for me was very, very difficult. Um, spiritually, academically, time. You know, I mean, there's a lot of forces against, against going through something like this. Uh, and I, and I, and, but what I realized when formation was over... If, if I thought formation was hard, it's harder to not be in formation, mainly because of what you've spoken about. This getting together at a regularly scheduled time with other like-minded and, and likely influ like-influenced uh, people to be in community together and share and experience this 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 togetherness. So in our deanery, in the Brainerd Deanery of the Diocese of Duluth, we have a monthly uh, optional gathering that that takes place where deacons and their wives are are invited to come in and continue to be together. We just had one last Sunday, and it was so it's so desperately needed and so very valuable um, that a lot of times we, we'll think to ourselves as the last thing I feel like doing on a Sunday afternoon is going to this thing. But you go and you when you leave, you know why you were there and you didn't know you needed it so badly. 
Um, so that just just keep that idea in mind because you're going to be in my deanery here, <laughs> and we're going to expect you. <laughs> well, it, 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 that's a lesson I've learned hard this past year, um, and I, I think I've shared with with you before, mm-hmm. Deacon Dan, that uh, the formation weekends are nothing usually that I particularly look forward to going to uh, or had looked forward to going to because there's always a struggle the mm-hmm. week before. There's oh, sure. always, um, you know, some type of attack. Work blows up. Mm-hmm. The, the mm-hmm. kids aren't going to be, they need to go to work. They need to, who's going to babysit, you know, whatever. Um, but this year we had our formation ripped away from us mm-hmm. uh, for several months. And that was uh, a tremendous struggle uh, for me personally, and I know for the other guys as well, uh, to, to not get together, to mm-hmm. not be able to share that experience. And when we were able to get together um, for a week, you know, it, it was on Zoom, it was remote, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was more difficult. So I really, this year for me was a valuable lesson mm-hmm. in, the, um, in the value of formation mm-hmm. and, and the importance of, of that process that we've been going through, which... To, to an extent, I maybe took for granted mm-hmm. uh, prior to this pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. This, this, this togetherness, this community. So your head. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I've got a question for you. I, I mean, as a seminarian, I obviously don't have a wife, and so the right. discerning the vocation, like the church is discerning, and I'm discerning. Mm-hmm. But what is that like having a wife and kids as you're discerning this deeper call or the second call, you could say, yeah. to a, being a deacon? Well, you know, she's she's an additional formator for me. She's um, she is a primary formator for me uh, to help really to bounce things off. Is is this a place where really God is still calling me to be? But I equated it more to not really having that destination in mind, but knowing I'm walking on God's path. And uh, in the past, when I've been challenged to what is that? What's what's the sense of call? What's that like? Um, I I kind of equate it to the sense that we all as Catholics have that call by God to go to Mass on Sunday. We know God wants us there. We know he wants to spend time with us. And when we don't do it, we know he's calling us back. He's calling us uh, to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. He's calling us back to Mass. And you can feel that on your heart. You can feel that um, You can feel that uh, within you that just... Not like an overwhelming tug, not a huge sign in the sky like Paul got. Um, for me, it's, it's just that's what the discernment process is, and it's walking the path that God... So it's not like a second call or an additional call. Mm-hmm. It's the path that God has in mind for us, and we know he wants to walk, and we feel this um, that gentle pull, just mm-hmm. similar to, you know, he wants me at Mass, he wants me here at this point, at this time, for this reason. Um, and being very open and looking ahead on that path and saying, you know, it's going to require this, this, and this, but also knowing that um, it may veer. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, just it's God's will. God's mm-hmm. will be done. And that's that's been an a additional challenge for me is just learning to surrender uh, to God's will. And Deacon Dan, you talked about those ups and downs and those ebbs and flows as mm-hmm, we get mm-hmm. uh, prepare for the diaconate or those struggles the week before. And um, this past year, also with the pandemic and stuff, I struggled so much without the formation. And finally, looked. We had the readings just the other day and looked at the back wall of the church. And um, you know, the uh, the, um, the apostles in the boat 
uh, <laughs> with Christ, and he's there, and they're storming, and they're afraid. And he says, well, don't you know I'm here? Mm-hmm. I mean, what are you afraid of? And that's kind of where I've come, is just that surrender to say, okay, God, I know sometimes this road is rough, uh, it, it, but there's so many blessings that have come out of it, and to know that Christ is there with me in the boat is, uh, is tremendous. Right. On the back wall of the church at St. Andrews, we have a mosaic of Christ and the disciples in the boat in the mm-hmm. storm, and he's asleep. And they go up and wake him, and, Lord, do you not care we're perishing? You know, and the way he rebukes the storm and says, you know, you have little faith. But even yesterday, the, the readings, uh, the first reading was about the Israelites, and being, they, they trembled like trees in the wind, I think the, the scripture said, because there were attackers coming to try to decimate them and take over the kingdom. Um, but the Lord said, unless your faith is firm, you will not be firm. You know, so that theme, Dan, of, of what you're saying, that faith, being firm, faith in the Lord, that he is with us, whatever comes, mm-hmm. is what makes us firm. And how beautiful to hear how that was just strengthened you again, in you again in the last week. Yes. It's, uh, it, it's an interesting point that you reach, at least I think you've probably reached it, and I know I, I did at one point, of instead of asking the question, how do I do this? You just stop saying that and say, let it be done unto me. <laughs> and let it, let me just, I surrender. Just, just, you know, let, let me, let me just be part of whatever it is that you're, you're asking me to do. Yep. Yeah. I just ordered a book. I haven't read it yet, but, um, it's called, uh, into the hands, Lord, mm-hmm. uh, into Thy hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. Uh, and that's really, I think that's what the formation process really is, is that, um, you know, God doesn't work in, generally in these huge chunks. He works, at, he works on us a little bit at a time. He chisels away um, until we're, we're the person he wants us to be. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's generally what the formation is, is, is learning to set aside self um, to the extent uh, of doing his will and what, mm-hmm. what, what he wants done with your life. Mm-hmm. That's a great point, Dan, too, of just that, that universal call to holiness or being, learning how to be a disciple of Christ and then being able to be formed into the person that he desires us to be that will be the most fulfilling and that will be the quote-unquote best instrument for the Lord's love. Mm-hmm. And so just, especially in the, it's so good that you pointed out again that, that fraternity, that fellowship, and then mass as yeah. well in being able to receive Jesus in the Eucharist to be able to, so he can sustain us on our journey as we follow him as his disciples, wherever that may lead, however yeah. rocky the road may be, and really make the, the Gospels incarnational in each of our own lives as we pick up our crosses and follow Jesus. Right. Well, we had that re- the reading uh, just the other day as we were talking about these readings from the past week or two at, um, of my... Uh, my yoke is easy and my burden light. And, and, the, and the more you do put your faith in the Lord, the more you do just trust that he's going to take mm-hmm. care of you, mm-hmm. uh, the more, more that you feel that uh, as you go through these burdens that they are easy. They are, they are light. And that's one of the gifts uh, I think Mr. Dan O'Reilly has to give is his faith, lived experience of trusting in the Lord in many, many moments of life. Right. Stories I've heard and that you can continue to share as a deacon, perhaps. <laughs> well, uh, Dan O'Reilly, I want you to know that you have been a part of my daily prayers by name since you first entered into formation. You as well, 
uh, seminarian Daniel Hammer. <laughs> since you I first, much. since you first, uh, since I first realized that you were in in uh, seminary, you've been a part of my daily prayers by name. So it's just Deacon Trevor over there, and uh, and and uh, uh, I just want you to know I spend a lot of time in that prayer. It isn't just oh and Dan. I spend some time for you. I don't know what God's doing, but I, I, I trust in him. And uh, Father, I pray for you sometimes, too. <laughs> That's nice. Third Thank Tuesday you. of every month, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, up next, we're going to be hearing from a deacon's wife about the permanent diaconate and uh, her journey there. So stay tuned for more Real Presence Radio.